0: start a message probably completed hopefully next week on the role of humility in the workings of faith. So what that means if you came tonight you need to hear this message. Okay. <laughs> Those who are not here tonight may not need but probably need it more. Amen. But I want to talk about that tonight. The workings of faith. In Genesis 18, God personally paid a visit. Personally paid a visit to Abraham. There's been a promise that God had given to Abraham and his family. And personally ate with them. This was important to God. God had a serious message to deliver to this family, and when God spoke what was going to take place—that Sarah was going to give birth to a son—Sarah laughed. She reacted like every natural person will react. She laughed. It's It's I'm old. My husband also is old. I don't feel that way anymore. My husband will not have desire. This is not going to happen. But she was talking. She was speaking to herself and she laughed to herself. It was inside her heart. She said nothing. But God knew what was going on, and God said, "Why did Sarah laugh?" And you know, out of fear (laughs) of being caught, because God wasn't right there. She was inside, and she overheard what was happening. And she laughed and God knew. But this is an unusual thing. God himself personally visited with them. His real business was to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. But this was more important than Sodom and Gomorrah. And so God personally came to this family, actually dined with them before speaking to them. And then God said, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. So God made it clear to them by saying, is anything too hard for God? There is nothing impossible with God. That's what God was saying. Yeah, you can laugh, but this is God Almighty. All things are possible with Him. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No matter what you're going through in your life right now, remember that God will personally pay you a visit To let you know that there is nothing too hard for God. Doesn't matter what the situation is. Doesn't matter what the problem is. Nothing is too hard for God. And God was the one saying this. Can you think of anything that's too difficult for God to handle? Is there any problem? I know you're old, but I'm about to do a miracle. There is nothing too hard for God. But with God, there is always an appointed time. There is always an appointed time. God said, at the appointed time, I will return. I'm coming back. You may not feel anything now. You may not sense that there's a miracle on the way. It doesn't matter. There is always with God an appointed time. And don't get discouraged because the appointed time has not come. In the fullness of time, God will return to you and you will get your miracle. That's impossible because with God, nothing shall be impossible. It doesn't matter what you've got. It doesn't matter how long that problem has been. It doesn't matter how terrible they tell you the disease is. God is able to take care of it. If it's lagging behind and not, no miracle is happening, that's not because God's overlooked it. It's not yet the appointed time. When the time comes, Comes, God will return to you according to the time of life. So your life has a timing with God. He knows what He's doing. He knows what He's doing. And He knows what's going on in your life. He knows when to return to you so that no one would doubt that God has done this. So with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing is too hard for God. In Luke one thirty-seven, the same situation dealing with pregnancy, God came to through His uh, uh, angel Gabriel to Zachariah and was talking to Zachariah. And in verse thirty-seven, the angel said, "For with God, nothing will be impossible." Nothing will be. But he said, well, I'm going to shut you up, uh, Zachariah, because you're flaky. If I let you talk, you'll talk God out of this miracle. And we're going to close your mouth for a while. After the baby is born, you can talk. But right now, you are not permitted to say a word. Now, that says your words are very important. Notice that God didn't blind him. He could see But his tongue is the most powerful member of his body. And that could turn the miracle of God upside down. So watch out. What you say is very important. But the message is, with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing is too difficult for God. Nothing is too hard for God. So that's the message. And in Mark chapter 10 also, Notice what this is because this is very important here. Verse 27 it says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men, can you say that with me? With men, it is impossible. Can we say that together? With men, it is impossible. We as human beings, they sometimes deal with impossible situations. They just arrive. You don't call for them. They just arrive. They come into your life and you know it is impossible. And in some situations, the doctors will tell you, the experts will tell you, there is no solution for this kind of problem because we're dealing with men we are only using the resources of men with men it is impossible that's a fact and we deal with situations like that but not with god we go back to that again but not with god for with god all things are possible So we keep going back to this one thing. That no matter how difficult the situation is. Not with God. Everything is possible with God. God can take care of anything. Even if you've been dead for four days. He bring you back to life. There's nothing impossible with God. There's nothing impossible with God. With men. It's impossible. So note that. With men, it is impossible. But then you read in the scriptures and find out something a little different. That with men, we can actually get to the place where all things are possible. Just like with God. That's an amazing thing. What can transform a man with man, with men? This is impossible to the place where with men all things are possible. Let me read this scripture to you. Matthew 17 verse 20. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, if you have faith, As a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Even though you are a man, if you have faith, nothing is impossible. Faith transforms a man into a superhuman. You're doing things that are impossible with men. Only through faith. Notice what Jesus said. With men, it is impossible. But not with God. And yet, if you have faith in God, all things, Jesus said, nothing shall be impossible to you. So faith is very important. You can handle any situation, every impossibility, with faith in God. That's the most important thing. Faith is the victory. Faith in God. So, there's nothing impossible with man if he has faith in God. There is no situation, no problem that cannot be resolved, no sickness... That cannot be cured if faith is implied. If that's not the case, then these words of Jesus don't mean anything. Because he says to us, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, everything will be possible. All things will be possible. Nothing will be impossible to you. In other words, you get into the God class. Where nothing can stop you. Let me put it this way. Every trial. That you go through in life. Is a trial of your faith. Every trial you go through. Regardless of the nature of the trial. Is really a trying of your faith. What that is is. Who are you trusting for your problem? Who are you looking to for your problem? God allows you to be tested so that He will be able to determine who you are looking to for the problem. If you are looking to yourself or to man, you have an impossible situation. But if you are looking to God, there is nothing that is impossible. If your faith is in God. So James tells us. My brethren count it all joy when you, when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So God is testing your faith to see the one in whom you are trusting. Whether you are trusting in God or you are trusting In man. Let me show you something. The Bible says. The just shall live by faith. So what does God do? With regards to your finances. He says. Give me a tenth. Of your finances. And you have. Ninth of it left. And I want you to live. On that by faith it's hard to do because you're thinking he's already taking tenth of it off now I've got to make take care of all of my needs with this night if you are going to live God says the just shall live by faith so God wants that part so you have to depend on him for you to live when you go through trial, he's testing you. And in Jeremiah 17, he says, "Cursed is everyone that puts his trust in men." So God is testing you when He tries you. It's really your faith, the working of your faith. Now, where are we going with this? We are talking about humility. Humility is a requirement for faith, a very strong requirement for faith. Your faith will not work if there is no humility in your life. Let me let you know very clearly, what most of us regard as humility has nothing to do with humility. Most of the things we see in church is what I consider, and I believe the Bible considers it, false humility. It's usually for people to see. Humility is not how a person looks. Somebody can talk in a very humble way, but be very proud in the heart, at heart. It's a heart issue. God sees it. We look at the outward, God's looking to the heart. So humility has nothing to do with the way a person appears. Or the way they carry themselves. Sometimes people do things just to appear to be humble. But you know, the thing, the the action itself is born out of pride. Because of what they want people to think. And God sees it. And that's very offensive to him. There is nothing more offensive to God than pride. There's nothing more offensive to God than pride. Pride has to do with depending on yourself apart from God. Depending on your ability and your knowledge, your wisdom, your understanding... Apart from God. God doesn't say you shouldn't depend on that. But ultimately, you should be looking to Him. He is a jealous God. You should be looking to Him. That's why we are talking about this. Let me read this scripture to you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. It says likewise you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Submit yourselves to your elders. Sometimes even in the church it seems like Christians don't even understand authority. You see young man rebuking an elder? The Bible doesn't allow this type of thing. You see people talking to their pastors as if, as if, yeah, it's just a man. But you see, God doesn't take these things, things lightly. God has order. And you, the pastor doesn't have to force it. If you understand it, you'll fall in line. Amen. And God will bless you. When I'm coming. There's something really important. We're going to this topic of humility because your destiny depends on this. I'm telling you, by the time we're through with this message, you will understand the role of humility in a Christian's life. Your success as a Christian, your success in life with God depends on this. The things that God will work in your life, the things that He reveals to people for them to see, in other words, you, don't, you tell a tree by His fruit, right? Right? If a man is truly humble before God, you see what God's doing through that man's life. It's not how you walk. It's not even how you talk. It's what God sees. That's what he's going. And they can see it. You talk to God in the secret place, where does he reward you? He rewards you openly. You you humble yourself in the secret place, he rewards you openly. If he's not Rewarding you openly, we can tell you have not been humble in the secret place. So it's not how you carry yourself. It's true humility. So he's telling us, likewise you you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Listen to your elders. Talk to them with respect. And even told Timothy, Paul even told Timothy, you know, you're a young man. Deal with your elders in the church as fathers. Amen. If you really want grace, we're coming to that. You deal with them. God will not tell you to do something that's not important to grace and to Him. When God says something, He means it. And if you go the other way, you are going to miss out on grace. Who so is very important? is very important. He says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. In other words, wait. Wait. Not competition. That's pride. We don't compete. We are working in the same team. I want you to look good. That's what it is. Be clothed with humility. And then it tells you why. The reason for all this, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. You know what God's throne is called? The throne of grace. (laughs) You don't have enough faith to walk with God when he's resisting you. When God is standing in your way, you can't have any faith for any miracle. He's resisting you actively. Now, when Satan resists you, your faith can blow him out of the way. But no faith can blow God when God is standing in your way. You can't have faith, Bible faith, when God himself is resisting you. Notice what it says. God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And what does the Bible say? Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are you saved, Through faith. And that, not of yourself, it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. So, if God gives you grace, it says in in, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, so that you can obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. So, when grace is not given to you, You suffer disgrace. Hello. You suffer shame. You can't have faith when there is pride. And many times we think, you know, the man who is, you know, supposedly successful, uh, he's got a reason to be proud. I found out that people who are really struggling, you need to go and talk. They're really proud you tell them brother you need to do this who are you to tell me that they may not even say it from the mouth but you can tell from the look that they give to you (laughs) we're not going to listen to you who are you to tell me that so it has nothing to do with your position in life it's something that we have to deal with it's very very important we are saved by grace but God will resist a man when God is resisting you you already have a very serious problem and many are being resisted by God because of the issue of pride inside that's the only way to gain access to God James puts it this way James chapter 4, verse 10, he says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, not before men. Amen. It's easy to humble yourself before men. God looks past that. You see, he doesn't see the way men see, he sees past that. What's going on inside, that's what he sees humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and what will he do? He'll lift you up. He'll lift you up. There is no lifting like the lifting that God does in a man's life. If you lift yourself up, you're coming down. If they lift you up, they'll bring you down. Hello, they love you today and they hate you tomorrow. Your poll numbers are high today, tomorrow your poll poll numbers are in the dirt. That's dealing with humans. There is only one lifting that a Christian needs. It has to come from God. When God lifts you, nobody can put you down. Even if they hate you, they can't bring you down they will eventually make peace with you. Because there's no way to bring you down. God will not lift you up without faith. You see how they are tied up, tied together? God will not lift you up without faith. Because there's only one thing that moves God. God moves only by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you don't have faith, God's not going to lift you up. But you can be lifted up if you are up, if you are not humble before God. So, humility can be in the way of your faith. Resisting you. Let me show you a little bit today. When you have troubles... And you don't spend time with the scriptures. In prayers. You don't take books and go try to find solution from God. Guess what you're leaning on? Your own understanding. And in calling people and talking to them. You know the way God that translates to God? Pride. Not depending on Him. You get what I'm saying tonight? Pride. When you don't depend on, on God for anything. He allows you to go through trial. Remember what I said? To see where your faith is. Not to punish you. Just to test you. Just like he tested Abraham. To see where your faith when And when you have demonstrated that you are looking to no one else but him. Then he says, now I know. That you trust me. You love me. And then he lifts you up. You humble yourself before God. And he will lift you up. Humbling yourself before God is... The doctors have said something. You know what they've said. But then you humble yourself before the Lord before his word the bible says that jesus is the word of god in the beginning was the word and the word was with god in other words you're saying look god i'm just a little kid here but i trust what you say because you and your word you want i'm going to submit to whatever this says. i'm not going to look at what i'm feeling you see where Human humility is different from God's humility. I'm not going to trust what I'm feeling. I'm not going to trust what the doctor is saying. I don't need any confirmation from anybody. I'm going to humble myself before your word and I'm going to depend on this. Even though I may sound foolish in their, when they listen to me, as I carry myself, I may look like an idiot in their eyes. But yes, they can curse me out, but I'm trusting in your word. And God says, I'll lift you up so they know. That's real humility. Depending on God and God alone will bring a lifting into your life. If you're not depending on God, you will look to yourself and to your own success. There is a principle to this. When I use the word principle, I'm talking about a law just as good as the law of gravity. We always have to check ourselves. When somebody tells you something, and there is a reaction, you got to ask yourself, what am I reacting to? You know how many things were said against Jesus? Think about people calling the Son of God a a demonized person, possessed, and Jesus would just reply, I'm not. And then go, he goes on speaking. He never repeats what was said, doesn't even bother him. He keeps on doing what his father told him to do. And I'm, for most of us, including me, I have to really work it out. He just called me a demonized person. I'm going to show him. Okay. <laughs> That's just the way we are. That's when we have to humble ourselves before God because his opinion doesn't matter. It's what God thinks about me that matters. When you hear me say, I have nothing to prove to anybody, that's a defensive word for me. And I'm, I got to protect myself. Because if you're trying to prove things to people, guess where that's coming from? Pride. And God resists the proud, and He gives grace to the humble. So if you want to multiply grace... You got to come to Him. Look at what the scripture says Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble, it's wisdom. So, I already said if you are not humble, God resists the proud, He gives grace to the humble. If you don't have grace in your life, you suffer gr- disgrace or shame. So, when there is pride, then there will be shame. He's on his way. It says, when pride comes, then following pride is shame. Now, Proverbs 16, verse 18 also says, pride goes before destruction and a holy spirit before a fall. We normally say, pride goes before a fall. In other words, as you're walking in pride, walking close behind is a fall. You're gonna fall. You're coming down. I said before that there is nothing that is more distasteful, that God more repulsive to God than pride. That's the original sin. I know Adam's sin, right? But there was Satan's sin before Adam's sin. And if you really look into Adam's sin, you'll also see pride there. Because Adam thinks, God's doing something to us. I want to be just like, I want to be God, just like God. I want to be just like God. If I eat this fruit, then I will be just like God. He was already like God. It is pride. But Satan fell because of what sin? Sin of pride. If that thing is in you, it will destroy you. You can never have true faith when you have pride in you. Pride pride destroyed Satan. And will destroy any Christian. If you let that stay in you. Let's talk about some other people that pride destroyed. What about King Herod? Do you know the story of Herod is an amazing thing for me. You know, Herod the king. Remember, he was part of what happened to Jesus. Before Jesus went to the cross, right? Right? He was part of that. Part of the condemnation. God did not do anything to him even though he was against Jesus all along. Did you know that the same Herod, possibly the same one that destroyed John the Baptist, it was a very short period, right? The same Herod. And he was afraid that Jesus was John the Baptist. You know that? The Bible said that. And then when Jesus was condemned, they brought it to him and he despised Jesus he sent him back, like, no big deal. But he still lived his life until a showing of pride. And God could not tolerate it. Let me read this scripture to you. In Acts chapter 12, verse 21 and twenty-three uh, through 23, it says, So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, The voice of a God and not of man. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. It was instant. He had escaped everything that he had done. But on this day that he was going to take the place of God, and the people were saying it, and he welcomed it, God said, that's enough for you. He died. And worms ate him up that day. We need to watch some of the things that we say. Make sure that your words, I mean, you can say something, but God is listening to your heart. If it's all about you and have nothing to do with God, you really need to watch. I listened to somebody say, say something about their accomplishment with regards to God one time. And I was like, oh my God, I couldn't say that. I don't believe I was, I was hearing this. It wasn't too long after that. It wasn't too long after that. It struck me when I heard that statement. It's an accomplishment thing. In God. And many ministers could talk about. The accomplishment with God. But there's a difference. And this day I heard the difference. I didn't think this would have to do much with God. But see what I've done. I kept to myself. Never said a word. But a few days. It wasn't too long after that. Pride goes, God may restore you, but you will really suffer pain and shame before you are restored. We have to be very careful. Nebuchadnezzar came out and said, look, look at what my hands have done. Remember, he never gave glory to God. All of these things I did with my own power. And God turned him into a beast. What am I saying? This is something that God truly resists. And God doesn't like it in us. And the best way to humble yourself before God, stay with his word and pray. If you're constantly going and without remembering God, not even praying, you are leaning on your own understanding. The Bible tells us that in Proverbs chapter 3, you are leaning on your own understanding and you are not depending on God. Everything we do, the Bible says, whatever you do in word and in deed, do it, do all in the name of the Lord. I'm going to stop here tonight, but there's another, another place where I'm going with this, concerning Jesus and servanthood. And how important that is with regards to faith. But tonight, a word is good enough for the wise. We can ask God to humble us, and God will do just that in us. But I guarantee you, it's hard to truly have faith without humility before God. I've noticed that no matter how no matter how great is an experience you have with God, there is never that confidence that this is something I can do. When you get to the place where you think, I can handle that, usually that's when you're going to pay a price for it. But it's an attitude of the heart. Let me say this. Humility is of the mind and the heart. The mind and the heart. And I'm going to be showing you scriptures about that and how we can get to a place where we can humble ourselves before God and don't always think, I know it all. You don't know that much. There's so much to know. There's so much to know. You are never an expert. I learned that dealing with demons. I pray for this one and I think I already know how to handle them. And then I'm dealing with another person and I'm saying, Oh Lord God, what is this? Why did you bring this person this? I'm totally confused now. I thought this formula worked. How am I going to handle this? I had to constantly depend on him because you never get it out. Stand up with me tonight. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. How many want more grace? How many want more power in God? How many want to be lifted up by God? Did you know that whatever you commit to God, he'll do for you? The Bible says, whatever you commit to God, He is able to keep. So I already know that this is a danger, a dangerous place to walk. So you're constantly asking God, keep me humble. When I was growing up as a Christian, there was a song we used to sing. And early this morning, that's, it came back to me and because of the things I'm saying. Keep me true, Lord Jesus, keep me true. Some of us know the song? Keep me true, Lord Jesus, keep me true. There is a race I have to run. There are victories to be won. I need you to keep me true. You know that song, right? I need you to keep me true. It goes through my mind and I'm praying even while I'm sleeping. I need help. (laughs) I need help. I really need His help. You are never an expert. Don't always argue. Listen to what the Word is saying. And please never argue against the Word of God, even if you don't understand it. Don't say no but. Don't use those words. Don't let him hear you. Because he's listening to everything that you're saying. And if it's coming from your heart, it's better to keep your mouth shut and go to him. Humble yourself. Ask him to open your eyes so you see. Because once it comes out of your mouth, he takes a hold of your heart. And that can be a problem for you. You could recover, but it may take a very long time. This is a very serious topic Dealing with faith. And obtaining blessings for God. Let's lift our hands up to the, to our Lord tonight. And you can ask Him, God. And I'm going to be asking Him, God, no matter what, the accomplishment, You didn't do it. It was His grace that accomplished it in you. And you have to give glory to whom glory is new, honor to whom honor is due. You got to give Him that honor. Not by just what you say. Let it come from your heart. Let it come from your Mind. Let God know that you are depending on Him. You have nothing to prove. If they see anything good in you, it's because of His grace. When you honor God with that humility, He lifts you up. He'll take care of your problem. He'll fill your heart with faith in Him. It's not by mind. It's not of Him who runs. It's not of Him who wills. It's of God who shows mercy. It's by grace that we are saved. We have to constantly know that before our God so that we can be lifted up. Father, I just want to thank you today for your word that we not return to you void. God never allow any one of us tonight to get into a place where we think it was because of our wisdom, because of our power, because of our understanding, because of our preaching, because of our prayer, Because of our fasting. Has nothing to do with us. All we were doing is obeying what you said in your word. We want to humble ourselves before your word. Knowing that you are faithful. And as we humble ourselves before you. Lord that you will lift us. Lord help us. To clothe ourselves tonight. With humility. According to your word. In Jesus name. Lord remove every feeling of revenge in our heart because it's born out of pride. We've been hurt and our pride has been wounded and we've got to get back. God, keep us from doing anything like that because you said to love, to love like Jesus loved. Father, we thank you. We receive the power of humility tonight from the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God. Jesus, you said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said to learn from you, because you are humble. That's where the power is. You are meek and lowly, humble at heart. That's That's where we should be. And that's when we can truly find rest. That's when we can truly rest in God. That's when all our troubles can be taken care of. Father, I thank you for ministering to us tonight. Help us, Lord, to humble ourselves, to kneel before our God daily, to spend time with your word, humbling ourselves before you, sitting at your feet to learn because we don't know and we don't have that wisdom. Thank you, Father.